0: Hey, what's up, working moms? And welcome back to the Mom Tuition Podcast. Okay, life has been a bit crazy for me lately, uh, especially coming off of Memorial Day weekend. And I can't even begin to really tell you all the things that have been going on. Uh, First, it was uh, my car was flashing oil pressure, check engine, and a bunch of other uh, codes were flashing randomly. I got my oil changed and while I was getting my oil changed, this was yesterday and today is Wednesday, May 31st, I, the guys were struggling to undo the bike rack that I have on the back of my car and so you know, I'm 28 weeks pregnant and I get out and I help them. And as I'm undoing, I pulled into one of those oil change places. This was a Valvoline. Um, and they have that kind of like netting that goes under your car um, and you pull over it. And I was undoing the bike rack for them. And as I went to pull it, I instinctively looked like stepped forward to support myself a bit more to bring the bike rack down. And I stepped right into the under, well, I'm calling it an undercarriage. I don't know what it's called, the netting. And instinctively, fortunately, I turned 180 degrees and fell on my bike rack on my back. And it definitely hurt, but it wasn't like Oh, something terrible happened. But if someone had been recording, I swear this would have been a viral TikTok or reel. I mean, 28 week pregnant person <laughs> steps into the netting and falls into her bike rack. I mean, it was like it was out of a movie. And so that was part of my day yesterday. So then today I had to take my car into the dealership because the check engine light was still on after the oil change and turned out that my gas cap had a small leak in it that was causing the pressure to be off. I'm not really sure but anyway so I had a bunch of car issues that then got worked out Thankfully. I also forgot to mention that I was traveling recently with Grayson and we were flying from, I had gone to go visit my family in Wisconsin with him. And we were flying back from Wisconsin to San Diego. And after our flight landed and pulled into the gate, we were walking off the plane and, you know, the strollers waiting there for us and it's late and he's sleepy and he wants me to pick him up and fortunately I have this travel stroller that is a one-handed kind of you can fold it or open it and it's the Nuna travel stroller I don't know if anyone has it anyway I go to open it and I'm going to try to lock it out and put him in it and it just keeps kind of falling And I'm like, what is going on? So I look and the wheel had broken off. And the interesting thing is when we had gone to the bathroom uh, just before getting on the flight, I felt the back right wheel kind of, I don't know, it it kind of bended outward, but then eventually went back to normal. And so I, I didn't think it was broken. But when we went to get the stroller, <laughs> the back right wheel was broken. So at the time, I think I was like 24 weeks pregnant, holding my 32 pound toddler boy, carrying him, and trying to open this stroller. And there's all these agents around or service, you know, airplane service people and people with the wheelchairs, et cetera. And this was hilarious. So one of the guys, you know, brings the wheelchair over and kindly puts the, wheel, the broken stroller into the wheelchair. And then I had a diaper bag and then my own backpack with my laptop in it. And I was wearing the diaper bag, uh, backpack, and then he put the my, back, my other backpack with my laptop in it and you know my own things he hung it from the handlebars of the wheelchair so I was like that's great I'm carrying Grayson and I have this wheelchair and then he rolled the wheelchair in front of me and so I'm pushing a wheelchair with a broken stroller a backpack hanging from the handlebars while I'm carrying my son my two and a half year old son and I'm 24 weeks pregnant The guy followed behind me as I'm pushing the wheelchair and carrying my toddler and up to the gate and says to the gate agent, the stroller broke, can you please help guide her to uh, claims by baggage claim? Now there are three gate agents and they're all standing there and happily talking to me about where to go and and the claims and how you know they don't cover strollers but to go down there file claims see what they can do and again no one called for help I'm holding my son who is again he's like 37 inches tall and 32 pounds I'm 5'2 I'm 62 inches tall and I'm pregnant visibly so and it It didn't bother me. I'm not sharing because it's annoying. It was humorous. And the Iron Man in me was like, you know what? I don't need anyone's help. I will push this wheelchair with my broken stroller, with this backpack hanging from it. I will wear this giant diaper bag. I will carry my two and a half year old. And I'm pregnant, and I'm going to do this all by myself. Thank you so much for everyone for offering to help. It was mind-blowing. And as I'm walking through the airport, pushing the wheelchair, there was an airport worker who ran over. Uh, He didn't speak much English, um, but he ran over and started pushing it to the elevator for me. And I was like, Wow, didn't even ask if I needed help. He knew I needed help intuitively. Mom tuition, dad tuition, worker tuition, I don't know what to call it. But I then went down to baggage claim and went into the United Claims office to file this claim report. And kindly, they don't cover strollers. They did give me some travel vouchers, and that was really nice. And I still had to get my bag off of the the carousel. and so and the worker guy took the wheelchair because that needed to go to someone else who was getting off of an airplane. So I take I carry the broken stroller and my son and the two backpacks, and I carry it over to our baggage claim and again no one has offered to help and I pick up our dekine, you know rolling do you say Dakine or Dakine anyway Dakine rolling duffel bag Uh, and I get that off the carousel again Grayson's really tired and I go hey buddy I am so sorry but I really need you to walk because mommy has to carry the broken stroller these two backpacks and roll this rolling bag out where my mother-in-law was picking us up. And I had called her to see if anyone else, if my father-in-law decided to join, hoping that someone could run in, but she was all by herself. So there I was carrying a broken stroller, rolling a duffel rolling bag, two backpacks, and my son sleepily holding his blanket up to his head walking out to the car and I just it's more humorous to me than anything that sometimes humanity is just surprising it is it is amazing um and more than anything it was a reminder that moms we can do anything That was my takeaway. Not not anything, honestly, that negative, more shocked and surprised, but that, you know what, I can do this, and I will do this, and I got this. So that's my inspirational story for you all today. And with that, uh, I did want to remind you all that I made a big announcement on last week's podcast episode, and that is I am officially launching coaching as part of mom tuition i had the pleasure of working with three women and working moms and helping them with either reframing negative thoughts coming up with ideas to uh make life a little less overwhelming organizing things as well as discussing career and goals and dreams and where they want to go with their life and what they want to create and supporting them in that direction. You know, I, I at one time, and, and I think I shared this last time, I thought I wanted to be a licensed therapist. But there's something so heavy about it. This was beautiful and it made me go i want to do this more and i want to help other working moms and or moms that are looking to start a business and who want more freedom and flexibility in their life while still having financial support through through work and so this is this is really exciting i have six spots open and if you're interested or know someone who is interested send send me an email katie at momtuition.com. I'll put my contact info in the show notes like always you can also just dm me to learn more let's connect you know the biggest thing that I'm realizing that really is driving me to be creating this is creating community and what I love, and this is actually going to be a podcast topic I, I discuss on a future episode, but small business startup life versus big business corporate or or anything that's already bigger established, my favorite part of the beginning stages of a business, or you know this side hobby slash hustle that I have um, in addition to my day job is that everything is approachable and you can actually reach out to people and have it, have conversations and really build that community and get to know one another. I love that small community space versus being one in one million followers of someone who... You know, is really established and may or may not get back to you, and you know they serve their purpose as well. But my favorite part about these beginning stages is honestly just getting to know you guys. So if you've been listening for a while now, uh, just even say hi. I'd love to meet you, get to know you, say hello, and and do that. You can do that through email. You can do that through Instagram. Either one works for me. And I look forward to connecting with you and hopefully working with some of, some of you in the near future. Okay, with that, we are going to get into today's uh, interview, podcast interview that I had with an old coworker of mine and Kellen. And Kellen is just this happy, silly, bright light, um, I actually trained her for her first marathon. Uh, we were part of a program that Saucony had put on uh, that was called Saucony Strong. And it was where Saucony found some uh, ambassadors. I was a Saucony ambassador for a long time and loved the Canvara running shoe. Um, and I, they were looking for mentors, Running mentors for to coach or mentor rather women to doing their first marathon. And so I knew Kellen had uh, wanted to do a marathon, and this was all around the Chicago Marathon specifically. And so not only did we work together, but I got to work with her to achieving that goal. And she is just one of those people that just has solid energy, steady energy. And she recently became a mom. And she ha- she's in that first year stage. So things are really fresh. And she also works. And it's interesting because I think as we've heard so far in, in the other interviews and as I continue to interview other working moms – Every story is different. Every story is different. But there is one thing that I think there's a theme that's been coming through, and that is freedom and flexibility, but you can only do that if you have support. and and I think that's those are huge takeaways. and that was that's one of the foundations of mom tuition, is providing support. And also helping guide you to creating freedom and flexibility in your life. And that can look a lot of different ways, right? That can look from a career standpoint, freedom and flexibility. But that also can look like maybe you love your job. One of the the case study women that I worked with is a physician assistant. She loves her job. She works Monday through Thursday. But she was struggling to find that freedom and flexibility when she finally did have time for herself due to mom guilt, support, childcare, etc. And so it's not all freedom and flexibility in terms of work. It's also just freedom and flexibility where you can find time to pursue other passions you love that that use other parts of your brain, use other parts of your heart, use other parts of your soul that light you up and how essential it is for us to be that and do that for our kids. And it's not easy. It's not easy. But uh, with that, Kellen is a social media marketer who has her own business. Uh, We talk about that. We talk about her childcare setup. We talk about what her work life looks like, and what are the challenges of motherhood that she's had to overcome so far. Again, she's in those new stages, which was kind of fun for me to hear since I'm about to go into the new uh, newborn stage again, and I'm excited for you to get to know her and listen to this conversation. So with that, uh, let's, let's dive in. Welcome to the Mom Tuition Podcast, where we help ambitious moms tap into their intuition, find their purpose, and live their best life. I'm your host, Katie. Join me each week as we dive into career, business, self-development, and personal growth. Get inspired by successful moms and experts who have been in your shoes. This is your weekly dose of motivation and practical tips to unlock your true potential. Let's dive in. Hi, Kellen, and welcome to the Mom Tuition Podcast. (laughs) Hello, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited uh, for our listeners. So this is funny, you're um, the second person from IMI from our uh, digital marketing agency (laughs) days, Um, but it just so happens that our power social media team happens to be moms now, which is so great.
1: Yeah, it's fun that we've been with all of each other through these different life speeches too.
0: (laughs) Totally. So I think just uh, to get started, I'd love for you just kind of to share a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you live, um, and just kind of give a background before we kind of get into the personality of it all.
1: Yeah, so I am Kellen, and I am a social media and marketing and advertising consultant, I've been doing it for over 10 years now. Um, I live in San Diego with my husband, our new son, who is now seven months old, and our dog, Kona. Um, so it's been a little bit of an adjustment this past year, balancing, you know, having my own business, doing social media marketing, and then also being a full time mom. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to talk more about today. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. And what I love is that you are
0: kind of have the fresh season of it all going on. So I think that this is a really, uh, really interesting perspective, especially for me, as I'm about to enter it again. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, we're in it right now.
1: (laughs) We're in the thick of it. Um, but yeah, you're about to be, well, I I guess we're in the thick of it, but we're also finally starting to see light a little bit at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) Um, man, those newborn days. Sorry. You're about to enter those again. (laughs) I
0: I know, I know it's, it's wild. Um, I'm definitely a little nervous because now you got to do a toddler and a newborn. And my husband travels a lot for work. So this is going to be a wild ride, uh, but I'm here for it. We both signed up for this. Um, Okay. So I like to kick things off. Truly. I'm a huge personality person. I just think it's really fun. So I'd love for you to share what your Enneagram is your Myers-Briggs and then, uh, your astrology sign today. And um, yeah, let's start there.
1: Yep. So, my Enneagram, I am a type three, the achiever, um, which I think is pretty consistent <laughs> with everything that I do. Um, achievers are really driven, they want to be successful, um, they can care a lot about what others think of them, sometimes to a fault a little bit. Um, you know, this can show up with. You know work being concerned about job performance and always wanting things to be perfect which can sometimes slow each down um but and we can also be like workaholics or really competitive so there's that um and then my myers-briggs i am a defender i am an isfja so introvert observant feeling judging assertive um that personality type can be pretty efficient responsible what else, they're very analytical and have an eye for detail, which I think also is relevant to my role and my job and what I do with social media. You do have to be very analytical, you have to have an eye for detail with just even minor things like spelling, since you don't want to be that person who's yeah. <laughs> called out because you will be in the comments if you know one little thing is spelled wrong. Um, yeah. and then my human design astrology sign is I am a Pisces projector. Wow.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Human human design. Yeah. So your projector. Okay. So this is so interesting. I'm curious because I think you talked a lot about it from a work standpoint, all of these personalities. Um uh but do you feel like these come out in a different way as you're momming? Like how, like, are you like that mom who's like crawl, buddy, crawl? Like you know (laughs) what I mean? Like
1: Yes and no. You know, it's so funny because I think, I think my role as a mom is a little bit different than my work personality. Like, I I think I'm a little bit more um, relaxed, I guess. Like, we don't really, as of right now, have a super strict schedule with him. Like, there is no like we've got a rough outline. Like, we've got you know, you wake up sometime in the morning whenever he gets up. Like, sometimes maybe six a.m. And then evening we're always down in bed by seven we try to keep them up till seven but during the daytime naps just kind of happen when they happen it's not like okay it's 9 30 on the dot we have to get you down for an hour and a half 1 p.m on the dot you've got to sleep till three because as you know as a mom that doesn't always work out as you have planned um so i think i'm a little bit different with my personality type as a mom like i do I am, you know, somewhat concerned about him making sure he's achieving these milestones, but it's also like he'll get it when he'll crawl mm-hmm. when he crawls. He wants to crawl, but he's not there yet. Um yeah. I so I, get, I think I'm a little more relaxed in that sense and I put more of the other stuff on work and then yeah, more mm-hmm. go with the flow as mom. That,
0: that's cool. That's so interesting because I find these I often take these and I only think of it from a work perspective. Um, and they, uh, you know, Enneagram and Myers-Briggs are designed a lot around kind of how your relationships are in the workplace and what your strengths are and where would you fit best in like a corporation, et cetera. But I'm always curious if it comes out, you know, in that like working or uh, in, in mom life. But I, but okay, Myers-Briggs, introvert. How mm-hmm. is that with being a mom?
1: Oh, it's a little tough. Cause I, you know, I'm definitely quieter. I'm on the quieter side in, in general, I would say like, I'm not a huge extrovert. I'm not the life of the party. That's like going out and meeting every single person. So as a mom, I would say I'm, in some ways I'm a little bit more secluded. Um, and I've got friends that have gone through being a mom at various stages right now. Like a lot of them, kind of like you their kids are are two now um or even older two three one so they're not in the newborn phase so sometimes I feel as an introvert it's a little bit harder to ask certain questions I'll be like "Eh, I'll just figure it out uh myself Mm. versus like asking people that have already done it before me um there are things that I'll ask but again it's kind of harder because your mind just forgets as you go through it like I'm sure once you are back in the new- newborn stage, you're going to be like, wow, the sleep deprivation really catches up to you. <laughs> Whereas when you're fresh in it, you're like, oh yeah, here's exactly what I did. Here's what we gave them. Um, so yeah. It's yeah. So different. Because part of me
0: feels like also in this beginning stage, the overall sleep is higher. So there's like downtime for you to, um, You know, on the weekends to maybe read, like, I don't know how long he naps, but like, let's say he naps like four hours a day on average, like, give or take. I don't know. But like, you know, you have like an hour of me time, you have an hour of cleaning time, you have an hour, like, you have like, and then so right now, I will be really curious to hear how this evolves for you as an introvert and where you get that kind of alone like alone time or downtime, because they they end up just following you around the house
1: (laughs) and I definitely need my alone time like that I think one thing that's actually helped with that a lot is we've had amazing support from our family like my mom and my mother-in-law are here constantly helping out like uh, my mother-in-law is actually here right now she's one watching our son and my mom just flew back today but having them here to be able to take him just so even I can have time for work or even getting a quick workout or walking my dog, Um, which I know some of those things are for other people, but the workout is definitely for me. Um, So being able to have that time is really important. And so like relying on some of those, those people to have that because yeah, downtime is very limited right now. Um, And even though he is napping probably three to four hours a day, but because there's, We're just starting to kind of get into a routine. So before it was like, okay, you nap for 20, 30 minutes, then you're up, then you nap for 30, 40 minutes and you're up and there's not a ton you can do in that time. Um, You know, just because you're cleaning, picking up toys, washing bottles, um, feeding the dog, like any little thing. So there wasn't a ton of me time just starting to enter the me time. Face. <laughs> and everyone's
0: like experience but is yeah. so different, right? Cause like mm-hmm. I have friends who early on were like similar. It sounds like they were like, my kid, like, what is what are you doing to get your kid? Like, Grayson early on would take like four hour monstrous naps. And I'm like, <gasps> I couldn't wake him up. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like just like his eyes yeah. were shut. He'd be like a bobblehead. And I'd be like, hey, bro. Like, <laughs> oh, and he's just, just be out and I'd be like oh my gosh but on the flip side he like really uh still struggles at night like he's two and a half and like it's not this like amazing night of sleep I mean he's like ask he gets cold he's asking for a blanket blah 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 blah. right but like
1: mm-hmm. I feel
0: like on the flip side then there are like the people with the cat nappers and you're like how like I can't get anything done <laughs> like,
1: <That's> me yeah. <laughs> but we're just like I said we're just starting to see the light where now he is sleeping through the night so we get a good stretch from like 7 p.m to 5 to 6 a.m sometimes but that is like my holy grail I need that stretch right now because yeah during the day it's we're up we're down we're up we're down and yeah it's hard (laughs) crazy so okay
0: this is a great segue what is I want to know kind of like what is been becoming a mom been like for you like did you have an idea of what it would look like and how like how has reality matched that so far especially from the lens of a working mom
1: I first I'm so much more appreciative for my mom and my mother-in-law and the moms in my life that I have um because this job is very hard I think it's way harder than my day job um, but I didn't really, to be honest, I'm we're the first ones in our family on both sides to have kids. So I didn't really know what to expect in that sense because we're the first ones to do it. Like I've had friends that have had kids, but I think it's sometimes different if you see a sibling maybe do it before you and you have a niece or nephew. Um, so I didn't really know exactly what I was getting into. Um, and so I think the biggest, challenge for me so far in transitioning in this role is just you know you still have the same 24 hours in a day but you don't you really just because there's so many other things that you have to pile into your day that the time you have is just so much smaller so you have to be really efficient with your time and prioritize things that you care about while also trying to be present because this time goes by so quick. Like, I can't believe Kai's already seven months old. It, you know, it's, yeah, it's just wild to me. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, it's hard balancing that shift of like, okay, I want to dive right back into my my job because I love what I do. I want to be able to work out. I want to be able to go to the grocery store and also wanting to, and realizing and recognizing that this phase goes by really fast. And I want to be there for all the moments, like, eventually when he crawls or like the morning giggles and all that the cuddles um and that fun stuff too so yeah it's trying to to balance both of those yeah
0: so did you have like uh an idea of what working would look like with him like did you because I guess we didn't talk about but you you work for yourself now Mm -hmm. and so um Like, did you have an expectation of, okay, I'm going to work this many hours a week. And, you know, and did you have this like plan? Cause knowing you, I feel like you had a plan (laughs) in
1: mind. Like, I'm wondering like what that plan was and then like, what happened? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a planner. Um, I wouldn't say that I had a super solid plan of like, okay, I'm going to work X amount of hours and days and be able to work, you know, it wasn't super specific. I kind of had a rough outline. Um, one of our coworkers, Devin had told me when I was pregnant, she was like, you're gonna only be able to work like a third to a half of whatever your capacity is right now. She goes, just recognize that you won't be able to do likely what you're currently doing. Um, and that's okay. But, and cause we have similar personality types yeah. too. And so I was like, okay, you know, I, I heard her, um, but, but when I started back, I was like, whoo, I, you know, you really start to take it to heart and realize like, okay, like I knew she was right. She's always right. But, um, you, yes. you start, I know. <laughs> but you start to really understand why, because there's doctor's appointments that come up or just, you know, nap schedules get turned around. Um, and so like when I was planning, cause I did take a full three month maternity leave. I don't know if I told you that. So it, that was a big part of like, my plan was mostly to plan for my leave so I could have those three months off and then plan kind of a rough outline of what it would look like when I came back at the start of the year. And the start of the year, my plan was always to work as, you know, I think I work three days a week with childcare, two days a week without childcare, um, I think because, I have some flexibility owning my own business. I have Mondays and Fridays. I, I don't have help, but all of my clients are wonderful and understanding. And I told them like, hey, I'm still working Mondays and Fridays, but those might not be the best days for calls unless you're comfortable having a baby in the background or whatever it might be. And all of them are they're either like, yeah, that's fine. I've got kids too. Like I know how it goes. Or they're like, okay, no problem. Let's just do Tuesday or Thursday. So um, yeah, so That was my plan: was figure out how to work at least three days a week with help, so I could have that huge good block of time. I've got my mother in law's here from nine to four, so you know it's not a full forty hour work week per se, but it's enough time for me to get what I really need to get focused on done. Um, Yeah, and then I'm kind of just figuring it out as I go with, you know, what clients I take on, what new work I want to pursue and trying to be more intentional with the projects I take on because again my hours are limited with those three full days of help and then two days of juggling it so yeah, yeah. it's funny what's your you
0: know I'm listening to you, I'm like thinking what's your ideal amount of hours that you would work anyway like would you want to be working 40 hours
1: oh, now no. that you work for yourself
0: you know what I mean No. Like, what's your no. ideal yeah
1: no well and it's funny like I always go back to I started my own business because my mom was a teacher but growing up when I went to college she's like I don't want you to become a teacher you're like you have to do something else so um but I loved (laughs) I know but she but yeah I loved that she was a big um Role in our lives because of the schedule that she had as a teacher. Like she was very involved and present because her hours were consistent with our school hours, and she had summers off to work with us or to hang out and play with us. Um, so when I started my business, I keep kind of going back to like I did this to have more time to spend with my family. So when I am thinking about taking on something new or how many out, it's not really about how many hours I want to work to say. It's about what excites me and then what I'd potentially be giving up Um, because if I you know I could take on a big project with tons of hours but do I really want to stress myself out that Mm. much like is it is it worth it to me or if there's something that might be a bigger opportunity is it just for a certain period or season of time or how can I fit that into my current schedule so I, I don't really necessarily think about it in terms of hours I think about it in terms of like Is it something that I'm really excited about that I want to pursue and take the limited time that I have and put it towards that, Um, you know, or is it not necessarily worth that time? Mm. Uh, It's like what I, what I trade the time that the extra time that I have for that.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Do you feel like you were like that before kids, or do you feel like that really shifted like that purpose, those priorities, like does this light me up? Is it worth it? Do you feel like there was a shift from before and after?
1: Definitely. <laughs> I think, I think before it was because you have more time, it was about the excitement, but also the compensation. Like, is this worth the additional income as well as my time? And now it's less about the compensation and more about, you know, what am I potentially going to, to miss and give up, like if I'm going to give up my playtime snuggles in the afternoon, um, do I have to give up those Fridays where we can go to the zoo because I have to work on something? Um, so it's less about the money and more about the moments that I would be give, trading in for that. So yeah, I, I do think there was a bit of a shift.
0: Yeah, I feel like that is something that keeps coming up when, as I'm talking to moms. Like there's this there's this desire to feel a sense of purpose in your work because of that, like FOMO or whatever you're, you know, so it's like, if this isn't going to be impactful or be worth my time, like, why, why would I do it? Because to your point, like, hello, there's this person that I love hanging out with. That's like so cute and cuddly or, you know, Grayson's language right now is like blowing up. So I don't, want to miss like these hilarious things that he says that you're just like what what is happening you know and and so it is it's so hard I think initially though to go from a more extrinsic motivation because of just what you're used to you know before kids like you're like okay I want to Grow in my career. I want to make more money. Like, there's all of this like extrinsic, and then you suddenly you have this little kid, and you're like, hold up, hold up. Where's the intrinsic? Like, if this does not (laughs) excite me, like, why? Yeah, why would I do it? And so, what? Like, with that being said, like, what does light you up? What are the things that make you excited about working? And and why do you keep working? Because I think that's like the hardest part. About being a mom, there's this transition and especially in maternity leave where you're in it and like, yes, you need the downtime because of the sleep deprivation and all of that. But there's also then that initial experience of transitioning out of being a hundred percent available. You know, so like what, what drives you to work? What, what do you love about it? And how has, how did that evolve going from that? Like I can always, cause you're, he's only seven months, you're four months yeah. out of maternity leave. So I feel like it's so fresh. So I, I, I
1: want to know. Well, and I'll be honest. I did when my husband was gone for, I mean, he's only gone for a night, but it was one of those, like, it was basically two full days of me by myself in a row. And it was the hardest two days, like so much harder than my day job. And I was like, I don't know how anyone is a stay at home parent, just because for me personally, that was, took so much more energy and time out of me. I was drained by the end of it. So <laughs> I'm so appreciative to have the help and I have a huge appreciation for people that are full-time stay at home parents. For for me, I think my job and the work that I do is just, a, it's a part of who I am. Um, and that is a part that I don't want to give up mm. yet. you know, there's a lot of sacrifices that I think you make as a parent and especially for moms. and you know, I've already made a little bit of a sacrifice by cutting down my the amount of time that I have of working days to a couple of days. And so I really, for good reason, but I just, my job is a part of who i am i love the clients i work with i love what i get to do with helping them grow their businesses online leveraging social media um i love coming up with the strategies and i love copywriting and content creating and so yeah i think i don't i can't really imagine i don't know if my life will be you know i don't know what that looks like five even ten years from now because the industry is changing so quickly um But with that said, like, that's still something I think I'll always be one of those people that wants to have some career that's just for me, uh, in addition to my role as being a mom.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that so much. Like, I think there's, I have, I too have so much respect for the stay at home parent, like, to be in that world is is mind blowing to me. I'm like, oh my God. So hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and to your point, like I, I do better as a parent if I go and I use other parts of my brain. Like I just yeah. I I work best that way. So what drives me is that we're multifaceted people. And so it's like I I can relate to I have to have these other areas because that is who it's just at the end of the day, that's who I am, right? That's who you Mm -hmm. are. But did you go through any feelings of like mom guilt or anything like that? Or was it an easy transition for you to go back?
1: Um, yes and no. You know, when I started back in January, it was, it was nice because I still, I've had so much help with family. And because I work from home, like I'm not Going into an office where I can't see my son. Um, I'm still here. He's still here. He's just in another room. So so in that way, it's kind of nice because you're going back to work, but the transition's a little easier because you're still part of the day to day. But yeah, I mean, I definitely there's some days where I do feel mom guilt because I'll have to work a little bit later, work on the weekends, or my husband and I will have to juggle responsibilities of like, okay, hey, you know, I need to get, I need to work longer hours today. Can you do bedtime or feeding? And then, you know, vice versa. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think the fact that I do have at least Mondays and Fridays in addition to the weekend, like fully with him and then try to do my work during nap times and stuff, I think that makes it a little bit easier because it's still a good chunk, good time that we get to spend together. Um, But yeah, it's, I mean, we're just learning as we go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and there's how you said, like, it's very different from someone who has their maternity leave. And all of a sudden there's this hard line of you have to drive commute to work, leave your kid all day and, and Mm -hmm. come back or, you know, drop your kid at daycare, leave them all day and come back. Like it sounds, and this is why, if you guys haven't listened to um, the the podcast episode where I interviewed Lindsay Davis, who is a um, parental leave expert, but this is why it's so important to, sh- like, I'm listening to you and I'm like, there are so many moms out there who are thinking that sounds more uh, tolerable in a sense, like, right? Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: versus someone who's like, you're available. Like you, like if something is needed, you had this security, this like safety net, right. That Uh probably felt really good. Like, Hey, I'm like, if you have any questions, you know, mother, mom, mother-in-law, you know, here I am, I'll be right here, but you can't talk to me. I do have a call from 10 to 11, but I'm here, you know, like there's like that sense of that feels really good, and I feel like I'm listening to. I'm like that. That felt really good to me. I had that type of. I, I did have to commute, but since I work for myself, I also have that ability to take another 15 minutes or 30 minutes in the morning if it's a hard transition going on, you know, and mm-hmm. and wait until Grayson feels really secure in that handoff or whatever it is, or yep like it's it's something that i want all working moms to to experience because it just feels it just feels so good. Um so on the flip side you work on you have monday and friday so it's like okay it lights you up but what do you find challenging about being a working mom? Because then there's there's the other side where it's like all of a sudden you become a mom and there is this ongoing list of things in the background,
1: right? Yeah, I was. I was the Mondays and Fridays are very long. Um, so now I'm fully, I'm fully on my own. And again, like I said, this is the hard, this is so much harder than my, my day, my day job, as I like to call it, my nine to typical nine to five. Yeah. Um, because the days don't start from nine to five. You start at six when you're waking up, and then you know you're feeding, you're playing, you're reading, you're eating again and then you're playing and then you're cranky but you're trying to stay up until you know for x amount of time and then you're napping for who knows how long um and it's hard to fit stuff into that day so those days can be a little bit longer by the end of it but um you know I do think those days they're just really nice sometimes um but as far as being a working mom like some of the challenges that I also have is just I mean, I think it, again, goes back to just balancing and prioritizing. And when you have a kid, it's not just taking, taking care of them, like during those daytime things, but like all the other stuff that goes on, like the laundry, you've got to wash bottles, you've got toys all around the house, you've got food. And like, now we're starting, we've started real foods. Now you're making them real food and shopping for real food. And like, you can't just go to the grocery store like you could whenever you wanted before. Um, And so I think like all the list of all of that stuff and just the doctor's appointments, there are so many doctors appointments. And for some reason they're never on time. They always run late or, um, so just juggling all of those things, I think in the background, I've had to just release some of that control Mm -hmm. in my own business and just know that, you know, not everything may get done in a day, but it's, it's okay. Um, what needs to get done will get done and then the rest can be shifted as needed. Um so I've had to kind of give myself some grace for some of that stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's it's also like the amount of time that you think about. Like it, I wasn't for me I wasn't expecting it to be like a part-time job of like thought process. Like, mm-hmm. like like getting like, ready. <laughs> yeah. Like I have a to-do list um and on the left side is business and career and on the right side it literally says momming. Yep. And it's like things to do like order new diapers, get, you know, or yeah, exactly, all these things and and it's like what that list is always going but going back it's interesting because Letting go of control, I was curious how, you know, parts of being a working mom is finding childcare. What What was that process like for you? Um, How did letting go of control, because you said that you uh, do a more flexible schedule. So there's not really, so how did that go with like trusting that someone can read the cues of Kai and like understand that you guys are kind of like a free flowing family versus you know most daycares are like we don't care when your kid is tired we do nap time at this you do you know what i mean so like how how did that go of like finding childcare determining the childcare and then teaching about your style of of the routine
1: so for finding childcare like right now we're just using family so it's just my mom and my mother-in-law and they kind of switch off um, and my mom stayed with us for the first three months. So we feel very spoiled, lucky, but also spoiled because it's, you know, when you're going through those first couple months, having any extra set of hands is just, yeah, it's wonderful. So um so in and then after I transitioned back to work, my mother-in-law comes three days a week and then my mom comes for, you know, a week, seven to ten days a month sometimes. And then she'll be able to help out extra during that time. So we haven't really explored, like eventually we will explore daycare options, but right now we're just leveraging the family that we have also because it's nice, one, you trust them, but two, like they want, this is the first grade child, they want to be able to build that relationship with him too. And I think that's important that he builds the relationship with them as well. Um, So we haven't gotten into the whole daycare thing just yet, though I hear from everyone it's extremely challenging and we probably should look into that eventually that we do live in a community though that does have childcare in a a club that we belong to locally so I'm I'm not as concerned I think about that just yet um we'll kind of cross that bridge when we get to it but um in terms of the handoff you know in in the beginning it's tough because it's not he, he wasn't sleeping through the night like it when he was tired, he was cranky. We would just kind of nap. Um, we tried using the uh, taking care of babies mm. guidelines mm-hmm. and recommendations for certain schedules, but again, each baby—they'll tell you, like every baby is different. Um, we'll still reference some of their recommendations depending on the age of, like you know, if he's in the seven to nine months right now. So we've kind of started. He was. He, it's funny because he's like whatever, eight, like at first we're like, okay, we need to start sleep training because we we need to sleep. And we, at first we were pretty flexible, but then all of a sudden he just started sleeping through the night without mm. any training. So I think part of it is also just there, you have to honor their growth mm-hmm. and kind of whenever they're ready and what they're going through. Um, and all of a sudden, once he started sleeping through the night, then he kind of transitioned on his own to two naps a day. He wasn't really needing the third nap necessarily. So it's all just kind of, happening like when he's ready for it and then we'll communicate to um our parents like we just try to do two and a half to three hour wake windows you'll know if he's cranky and needs to be put down but if you can try to keep him up for that amount of time and then try to do the two naps they're roughly around these times depending on when he wakes up um and they'll kind of go with the flow and then like we haven't been to he's a pretty good eater <laughs> and he'll eat anything and everything. So we're just kind of like, you know, if he has a reaction, let us know and we'll let you know if he does. But so far we've given him all kinds of food and he's been fine and we've let him, you know recognized his schedule and just kind of and they've been really respectful of that. So that's been good. I don't know how it would be if we had someone else but the family, you know, they, they want to help. They want to listen and they want to be there and support in any way they can too. So that's been nice.
0: Yeah, that's so awesome because I think you are I can relate to that. I mean, my mother-in-law lives right above me. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I think I I also have been spoiled. I'm very spoiled and my parents come out three, four, five times a year. And so we have a very you, you and I have a very unique mm-hmm. experience in terms of like we also we have chosen not to do daycare that is not something we want to explore um we really like having a nanny and we love having our parents and that works for us yeah. and that's why childcare though as a working like a working duo uh like it's whatever works for you and mm-hmm. and not everyone has family to support though, and their default is daycare or not. But I think it's really interesting to every person I bring on to share what their childcare experience is, because as working parents, that is part of the package. Like you have to find someone to watch your kid while you, while you work, whoever, you know, Um, except in COVID times, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's an interesting, I
0: I can't imagine all the, I I someday need to have, if, if you know a parent who wants to be a working mom, I'd love to know because I want to bring them on. Cause I think that is a whole nother story. Trying to
1: work yeah, with I'm, your kids. I couldn't. I'm in some ways grateful that we weren't at that stage of our life yet at that time. Because I can I can't even imagine what that would have been like. <laughs> and how just yeah, the challenges. Yeah. Insane, right? Okay. So Let's get into,
0: because you have been doing some really cool stuff. I I do want to get into kind of what work looks like for you and kind of what your offerings are and where you want to go. I love talking goals, careers, dreams. Like that's part of the cool side about being a working mom. What we were just talking about is. There is this part of us, like we are moms, but we are full of dreams and goals and this side of us. So let's hear kind of what, what you're doing specifically right now. What's your ideal client that you're working with? Like, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty lucky where a lot of the clients that I currently have, have all been with me for at least at a minimum three years. Most of them are five, six, seven years. So, in a way, that's really nice because we have a really strong rapport. We have a really good workflow. Um, And so, I think that also eased my transition back too, because there was a lot of respect. We have the processes ironed out, um, which is just always helpful coming back. As far as um, ideal clients and things that excite me and what I'm working on, I think you had. Katie on your podcast Mm -hmm. recently. And so we've started teaming up on a new offer where we're offering business owners three weeks of social media content completely done for you and delivered in three weeks because we realized that there's kind of um, a lack of options for some business owners that aren't quite ready for full time social media management. It's really expensive, it's not a fit for everyone, Um, but they also don't want to do it all themselves and they don't want a course or they just don't have time for that so we're trying to meet somewhere in the middle where it's like okay we'll we'll help you and come up with all the content that you want to post but don't have time to post or don't know how to post and then you can take it and schedule it once we're done creating it And that way, that's one less thing for you as a business owner or moms. some of the people that we've worked with have also been moms. So they're struggling with time and this just isn't something they want to do. Then they can take that content and schedule it out on the pages. And it's just one less thing for them to think about. So that's been, that's something I'm personally really excited about because it's something where you can help show results really quickly Mm. to a a brand or a business. Um, by getting them, um, you know, taking three months of content. We were just talking, I think before this started about how long it takes to post an Instagram reel yeah. <laughs> and create <laughs> create a single piece of content. And so to have an offer like this that just takes that off your plate and does it for you. And then all, we don't schedule the posts just um, because sometimes people wanna move things around, you know, things change in your content calendars, but it's it's really evergreen content that you can post as you want for the next three months. Yes. Yeah, so these types of
0: business owners, are they, uh, mostly service related? Are they product based? Are they solopreneurs? Like who, cause there are lots of working moms listening. So I want to make sure that if they're interested, that they're the right kind of person that you would want to work with. So like what, who is,
1: who are these people? Yeah, both. Um, in the the ones that we've done so far have primarily been service providers. However, we've got one coming up that will be for a product-based business. So I think um, it's really about, in terms of the brand, we have a pretty comprehensive, you know, me, I'm a planner, so we have a pretty comprehensive onboarding where a lot of the legwork is done up front by the client. And we ask a series of questions to ensure that we understand their goals for social media, their brand tone of voice, make sure that they have images available for us to use. Because as you know, images are a really big part of social media success. So I do think, I think that is honestly more important than whether it's a service-based business, a solopreneur or a product. We want to make sure that you do have high quality images Mm -hmm. um, for us to be able to share on social media. And we'll help come up with Videos, and we'll give you a script if if you know there's videos we have ideas for you to create. Um, but I do think having images readily available is a big part of what makes this what will make this offer successful for your business and my partner on it.
0: yeah, it's interesting because I feel like that's the hardest part is, and we've mm-hmm. always, you know, back when that was my primary primary um, position as well, like, having content. What do you think though? Like the images, what do you think though? There's this trending towards back to text though. So Mm -hmm. like how, how much needs to be images versus like just having a brand palette or like, are you finding Like, what are you, what are your learnings so far? Um, with, yeah, with that.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And so usually what we'll do is we'll try to have a mix. So in of photos, videos, and then text-based graphics and the text-based graphics, we create a brand kit for you in Canva based on your, you know, your colors, your logos, your, all of that stuff. So that way the content that we create for you in Canva is aligned with your branding and your website and your look and feel of social media. but yeah, about a third of the content, again, it kind of depends, it goes back to whatever the goals are of the business, but on average for the ones we've done so far, about a third of the content is text. So it could be educational or informative carousel posts. It could be, Um, we recently had a, a link, so not just Instagram, but we did one on LinkedIn for someone. And there was a lot of um, memes or like trending stuff like that, because those are pretty big on LinkedIn. Um, carousel graphics were really a big part of that strategy because carousels with tips, how tos, next steps, um, that's a big part of what's drives success on LinkedIn as well as engagements and shares. So having text-based graphics, I do think, again, it, it depends on the brand, but that is a part of the offerings for this. So yeah, about, a, about a third of the posts, I would say.
0: Interesting. And Okay. You bring up LinkedIn. For those who don't know, LinkedIn is suddenly blowing <laughs> up again. I, I want to get Kellen's take on this. And then I also want to get your take on like, if you are a service-based business owner. So I'm thinking working moms who are providing, you know, something for someone, um, for clients. Like, Should they choose one? Because you're offering three months of content in three weeks. But like, should they focus on one channel versus spreading themselves thin? Should they choose three channels? What does that look like? Like, what, what would be your advice for a solopreneur in terms of the amount of channels? But let's start with what are your thoughts on LinkedIn? Because it is literally blowing up right now. And I'm trying to understand where this came from.
1: It's so funny because I, I've loved Instagram. I just love the content on Instagram and the people it's fun. Um, it's pretty, it's a good way. T- I mean, you can spend a lot of time on Instagram, but LinkedIn for me, that's always been my bread and butter for my business. Even though mm. I love for it to be on Instagram, like I'll be honest, a lot of the clients that I have do not find me on Instagram. They mm. find me on LinkedIn. Um, and that's why I've In the past couple months, especially, I mean, I've always tried to be pretty active on LinkedIn, post, you know, twice a week here and there. Um, But the past month or two, I've posted 20 to 30 times a month. Like I've tried to be much more diligent about my posting cadence there because I've seen the power it has. Um, There's some incredibly intelligent thought leaders on that channel and connections that you can make. And um, I'll be honest, I came, I was posting on LinkedIn. Probably, you know, I, I don't know, four or five days a week for the last month or two, just kind of as an experiment. Um, and it's not that I necessarily got new leads directly from LinkedIn, but people that I had worked with in the past years ago had all of a sudden then reached out to me when I was on vacation and didn't post for a week. I'm like, hey, I've been seeing your stuff on LinkedIn for a while. Like, I've got a new project. And so I think it has power of connections in that Mm. sense, because you stay top of mind with maybe people you worked with in the past or run into in different industries. Um, And as things or new opportunities come up, it's a great way for them to recall or remember you as an employee or a partner, um, or, you know, a potential point of contact for new business if you are a service provider. So I think it's a huge opportunity for networking, um, you know, that Instagram might not have. And also there's just the opportunity for things to get engagement and be seen by other people in the feed because there's just not as many people on LinkedIn that are active Um, because most, I would say the general public, they go on LinkedIn when they're looking for a job um, versus... On Instagram, there's just a lot more people that go on Instagram every day. So there's a better opportunity in some sense to connect with people that are career networkers and they're active and they want to meet other thought leaders and they're posting. And um, so, yeah, I think there's, it's less crowded Mm. in that space. So So maybe it's
0: more intentional with like, who's receiving your message. Do you think it's generational Mm -hmm. though? Because like, we know like Gen Z TikTok like right like this Mm -hmm. is like a huge but in terms of branding or general marketing of a product or service like meaning like pitching the client but when you're trying to grow your business or grow your clientele it feels like what you're saying like for example I needed to hire a social media specialist at Wynn and for the first time ever, I posted on LinkedIn and I had m- way more applicants mm-hmm. than posting on a job site. Yep. And, and uh, I would say ones that met the requirements, you know? So, yeah. Um, but you, yeah, do you feel like it's generational or do you think that everyone is kind of going to LinkedIn right now for career growth?
1: I don't think everyone's, I, I, yeah, I don't think everyone's going to LinkedIn. I think still like a majority of people will go to LinkedIn when they're looking for a job or maybe for some career growth. But I think if you asked just, you know, a group of a hundred people, how often they go on LinkedIn for career growth advice, I would, I would guess that it's not as many as the people that would go on TikTok just for fun every day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's necessarily generational. I like, I do think it's about maybe even more. We talked about personality types earlier. Yeah. It yeah. might have to do with more of certain personality types, like achievers, like myself, like yeah. wanting to connect with other like minded people in the space, both to just continue learning, um, to also as a place to self promote, <laughs> like I you know I talk about what you're doing with others in the industry, as well as learn about other campaign success stories from others. Um, I follow people that work for other, I work with a lot of franchise businesses. So I follow some people that are social media managers for other franchise companies. And it's cool to see Mm. that, you know, that's an opportunity for you to see what campaigns they're running just for ideas or inspiration and to celebrate their wins too. Um, So it's also a good idea, or it's a good way to get industry knowledge yeah. too, I think, um, without just looking at, because sometimes you'll be able to hear backstories too. Like you'll, you'll not just see, oh, you know, so-and-so Crumble launched their new cookie of the month. Maybe the person who's the social media manager is, goes into like, hey, here's what we did to launch our cookie in the month. Here's how we come up with the ideas of what flavors to feature each month or how we share it. So you'll get more information there that I think could help not only you grow, but maybe the clients that you're working with grow Mm, too.
0: That's interesting. Um, I love that. Okay. Before we, we wrap up here, let's just, what's your advice for channels, one channel, three channel, the scaling of marketing your business.
1: I've always been quality over quantity in terms of content channels, everything. Like, I don't think you need to be active everywhere at once. I think you're gonna burn out real quick if you try to be active everywhere at once. Um, And so like I would probably start, depending on where you're first, identify where your customers are most active on. That's not necessarily where you want to be, but where are your customers most active and engaged on? Because that should typically be where you start first. Um, And I would choose one or two channels, ideally, their channels with similar strategies. So maybe if it's um, Instagram and TikTok, and then you're you, there can be some crossover with some of the video content for Reels or TikTok mm. videos, um, or even Instagram and Facebook. You know, I don't think as many businesses are using Facebook right now, but just if you are going to pick two channels, it would be easier to choose those than say Instagram and YouTube. Mm. Very different strategies. Um, so I'd probably start with one to two channels with a similar strategy or approach go all in on those. of trying to build it, build those out, get content, see what's working. um, And then start to, once you have an idea of what's working in the content, then you can actually start scaling on some of the other placements. You can still grab the handles though, just so that way people don't take them from you, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't burn out trying to be everywhere. At once.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I think uh, just to add in my own thoughts on this, I think it's also really important to to know where your audience is. But then all of these platforms offer different ways of sharing and staying aligned with yourself. So, like we were just talking, how difficult reels are in certain capacities. So you can make reels, but figure out what type of reel works for you. Like it doesn't have to be this like eight different clips, music, video cutting situation. Like so many people who aren't doing that. Like one of my favorite, um, I was telling you big time adulting and fit dad CEO. If you guys are looking for just humor, um, they just hold the, their camera up and say something for 30 seconds and, and put the, you know, captions on and, and that's it. And it works for them. Now they're creators, they're influencers versus someone making a brand. But then, you know, I follow Hey Sleepy Baby and she does a lot of just reels where she's just, again, she's just sharing tips or advice or something just like holding the camera up and that's driving traffic to buy her courses. So I think it's also being okay doing it your own way, right? Like I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we get caught up in the marketing world of like seeing a trend and feeling like we have to jump on it or seeing it work really well, like how often you get pitched on growth strategies. Right. And it's like Mm -hmm. this worked for me and I'm making X amount of money in my business. And it's like, but does that feel good to you? Like,
1: could you keep, I think a
0: good question is, can I keep this up? Like, yeah, I was going to say, that's the number
1: one thing that I just always ask like in terms of, when you get asked, you know, how many times should I be posting? And I feel like you probably get that question a lot too. And it's just, my biggest answer is at a cadence, you can be consistent with, um, because if it's not something you can be consistent with, if you can't do, you want to do five days a week, but you can't keep up five days a week, or you don't have enough content or time or budget, whatever it is, then you don't have to post five days a week, you know, start with whatever cadence you can be consistent with. And, you know, for me, that's, two maybe three times a week and I'll be I'm in social media I'll be honest that's all that I have the time for um so figure out what works for you and just try to maintain that and you can you know leverage the different placements to show up for your audience and um but yeah you don't want to if it's no good if you're posting for 30 days in a row one month and then you're silent because you've got nothing else to post or you're burnt out or or you're burnt out and you're tired
0: and yeah yeah. (laughs) You're like, this is horrible.
1: Yeah, I love it. Um, okay,
0: last question I like to wrap up with is what is the best advice? It's two part. What is the best advice you've received as a mom? And what is the best advice you received um, just for career?
1: I was thinking about this one. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of, being a mom I think one of them is you can do anything but not everything Mm. um because and you know it's kind of goes along the lines of like it's a lot harder to say no than it is to say yes (laughs) to things and just as a mom you really do have to prioritize certain things in your life because you're taking care of someone else other than yourself now and so you have to be able to find balance in that and you know um, take time for family, your, yourself, because you can't take care of someone else if you're not taking care of yourself first. So I think that's been something that I've tried to take to heart is like, I won't be able to do everything that I used to, even though I still want to do all of the things um, pre-mom life. Um, and so I've just had to recognize some of that. And then in terms of my career, this kind of goes back to our running days of when we ran the marathon. Yeah. Um, but one of like, I think one of the best career and life advice, things that I've gotten is just the mantra, you're stronger than you think you are. Mm. And I try to apply this to like everything that I do, um, because you can only put limits on yourself. And I think as individuals, we sometimes don't acknowledge some of the things we've already overcome to get to where we are, because they might seem so Small now that we're here, um, but you know, like you, it, it takes a lot of work to start your own business, to mm. grow in different companies, to transition to being a mom and balancing career and family. Um, I have a dog. Training our dog, it, you know, that's a big challenge yeah. <laughs> that we have to overcome. So, like, I think just recognizing those things and trying to remember, like, you're stronger than you think you are. You, you can mm. overcome so much already. You can continue to keep climbing that mountain.
0: I love that. I love ending on that because I think it actually goes with being a mom too. Like you're going to have really tough days. And that is a great Mm -hmm. mantra to say I'm stronger than I think I am. And guess what? You're going to keep proving that to yourself over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. Um, So Kellen, thank you so, so much for being here. That was awesome and inspiring. Um, I will put Kellen's information in the show notes if you guys want to get in touch with her. Um, if you want to take advantage of the three months of content in three weeks. If you have social media questions or just advice or just want to connect um, or even just want to connect if you are in close to that eight to ten month sleep regression. Um, <laughs> or if you oh, are no. in it now early, um, reach out to Kellen. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Kellen, but, <laughs> I was um, like, I'm just seeing the light. <laughs> you got this. You're stronger than you think you are. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for being here, and uh, yeah, I'll put your information in the show notes. Okay, thank you so much for listening in. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on today's interview, and maybe what were your takeaways? What was relatable for you? I'd love to connect and send me a DM on Instagram at themomtuition or email me katie at themomtuition. And if you are enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you would rate and review on if you listen on iTunes or wherever you listen. That would be so rad. My hope is to grow this working mom community so that we can all support each other and I'd love to reach more working moms and help them and guide them through this season of life. So with that, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you all soon.